Welcome to Sports Scope, the most influential sports talk show in the nation. Stay tuned for updates and great sports content. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this. 11th day of July, right in the middle of the summer here. Got a great show on tonight. I know the baseball all-star game is on tonight. I totally forgot about it. I uh, got two Atlanta Braves in there for the National League. Also, uh, but on tonight's show, got Keith Engel from TGI Sports, one of the fan favorites coming in uh, here in about 25, 30 minutes. Here, going to ask him about uh, a little bit of a baseball question. I'm just asking him about Brian Cashman. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald, uh, once a very promising coach there for um, uh, Northwestern. That's going to be the first story I'm going to jump on after the break. Also, Victor Wimanyama, uh, thoughts on his thoughts on his uh, debut and more. Stand by. We'll start Sportscope here, and we'll take our first and only break here in 49 seconds. Hello, SportsCo followers. The program has seen tremendous growth since going five days a week. I just want to thank everybody for your cash contributions and sharing the program uh, with friends and families. Just a reminder, if you want to contribute to the program, go to the cash app, the word, the cash sign, and SportsCope. There are other ways to contribute to the program listed at the bottom of the screen. If you want to advertise on the program, go to sports, that is sports with an S, another S, scope, S-K-O-P-E, at gmail.com, just like it's listed at the bottom of the screen. Thank you, and enjoy the program. Alrighty then, I was sitting there debating Pat Fitzgerald, Victor Viminyama. I think I'll start with Victor when. Ben Yama. And, you know, uh, as we ended the Friday's program, I said I taped that uh, Summer League game. Nobody watches Summer League. You know, uh, it, it's uh, it's first and second year players. It's players trying to make the team. Uh, occasionally, if you do get a, a highly thought out, thought of rookie or, or two, uh, you're going to uh, uh, mainly you, you might you might take a look at summer league games, and mainly they're on NBA TV. Now I've got NBA TV. I uh, pay a lot of money for this cable package, so I went on and. Uh, but this one got moved up to. Uh, this one got moved up, moved on to ESPN. Okay, and as I was talking about on Sundays, Mac and Jack and Jim Jeffcoat show. The word bust was trending on Twitter Friday night. And I thought to myself, what what do you expect from a guy who's 19, uh, first game in the summer leagues? Do you expect him to have 40 points and 20 rebounds, have a Shaquille O'Neal in his prime type of day? I mean, I didn't expect any of that. But, you know, so I went on and looked up because I was curious. Uh, you know, he had... Uh, what did women Yama have? Uh, uh, this was Friday night, 9.8 rebounds, uh, three assists and five blocks. I was actually very impressed. Friday, forget about Monday, uh, what was it? It was, uh, it was Sunday, I guess. His second game where he had 27, uh, 27 points. This game was sold out. Very rare for a summer league game. Okay. Uh, you had the thing with Britney Spears there, trying to congratulate him. Uh, um, J- Jack Hirsch said on uh, Mac and Jack, he says, listen, this guy's been hyped up for over a year, most hyped since LeBron James back in 2003. People are going to be gunning for this young man. And that was true. And you could tell he was pressing a little bit, but still had a great, uh, I thought, really good game all things considered, on top of everything. Going back to LeBron's 2003 debut in the Summer League. This is LeBron, arguably one of the greater players of all time. 14 points, 
seven rebounds, six assists for LeBron's first summer league game back in 2003, 20 years later. So, uh, again, Victor Wimanyama, nine points, eight rebounds, five blocks, three assists. That was a very comparable uh, summer league game. And, of course, I want to say he had 27 in 12, 27, 12 rebounds, three blocks in his second uh, uh, game. And now the Spurs being a little cautious here, shutting him down for the rest of the summer league. I think they've seen enough, you know. Uh, so I, I, I think this guy's really good, man. I think that his ceiling is really high. Uh, I look at him. And nobody really talked about his defensive presence when discussing his, um, what do you call it, uh, his, his breakdown, uh, his game breakdown, his, his scouting report. I didn't really hear anything. But with the five blocks, the three blocks in game two, how many of those shots were contested? How, how much trajectory of the shot selection does the opposition bring to the table? I mean, this guy's unbelievable. Eight, uh, eight foot wingspan. Uh, Jerry West, not one to hand out a bunch of freaking compliments all the time. He does sometimes. He does some, but he's not one to just, you know, he, he really got into JJ Reddick's rear end a few months ago about something. Real hot-tempered guy. He says this guy reminds him of a bigger version of Bill Russell. Uh, that's Jerry West, the logo. Uh, so, you know, I, like I said, I was really impressed with him. I think that he has a Giannis-like presence, except he's got some more skill. Giannis won Defensive Player of the Year, and he won MVP. I don't see any reason out of the question while – Women Yama cannot win both of them. Maybe not in the same year like a Michael Jordan. I think Jordan was the only player in the history of the game that I can think of that's ever won Defensive Player of the Year and MVP back in 88. But this guy, from his skill set, the way he got into the lane Friday night, that look in the pass first, he's not a selfish player. I like that little dish out underneath. Shows me that there's no there's no reason why he can't be compared to a Joker uh, in four to five years from now and be in a uh, a championship type of player. As I said before, coming in, I'm glad he went to the Spurs. I'm glad uh, he's going to he's getting some mentorship. There was a photo that leaked out. It leaked out was posted. I won't say leak. I've been watching too much political stuff uh, that was posted that, uh, you know, with him having dinner with Tim Duncan, uh, um, David Robertson, uh, Manu Ginobili, and, of course, Tony Parker, also fellow Frenchman. He's getting a lot of good mentorship. Uh, as I mentioned on this program a few weeks ago, talking about the Gusta Motto, uh, former great trainer of Mike Tyson, really discovered Mike Tyson, uh, you know, said that Mike Tyson gave him life and everything, you know, may, may want to give him a reason to want to live uh, and, and keep going. The much older uh, Augusta Motto, uh, Greg Popovich signed five-year $80 million extension. It was originally said that he was going to be uh, extended for uh, three years. I think he looked at women, Yama, and he's like, you know what? This kid's got it, man. He's got it. Uh, it, it just depends on the talent is going to transfer to today's game. Comparables are Joker. Comparables are Gian Giannis's defensive presence with Joker's ball handling. Yes, he's a little thin. Yes, you're going to have to work his minutes in because he's not used to playing an 82-game season. Uh, uh, and Pickle says he'll be a handful to shoot over with that eight-foot wingspan. Think about trajectory. Um, yeah, they're not going to the championship this year, Carlos. Uh, Carlos says they need more players. Nobody's expecting them to be in the playoff hunt this year. 
I wouldn't expect them to be in a playoff hunt for another three years, maybe four. Uh, that doesn't mean that some of their games are not going to get on TV, watch his maturation, uh, and see what happens from there. Uh, kind of like we watched with LeBron James. LeBron didn't win anything, so he was about nine years in the league, I want to say, uh, from when he went from um, eight, nine years in the league to when he went over to Miami in his second year there. So I don't think that it's out of the question to have those realistic expectations uh, for him to for him to uh, succeed at a high level. That being said, this is a guy that you can be, build around. You can win championships. He needs a Jamal Murray type of guy uh, to run a high pick and roll. And listen, I think they will. He's not a selfish player. You can tell that already. When he's looking to pass, uh, he's not looking to score every time. Uh, I think he's going to be one of those players. He's going to have a really high plus minus and high win share rating, some of those advanced metrics, he's going to be one of those players where it's not always going to show up. In By, by the way, when did Tim Duncan average 35-4? Tim Duncan never averaged that. You had to watch Mr. Fundamental play the ball at the top of the key. Uh, he, had the, he had the backboard shot down. He set the high pick and rolls. Uh, he was a big shot guy. He made quite a few big shots, but he didn't look – that dynamic, per se, a Tim Duncan. But, hey, he won five uh, championship rings, set up that high pick and roll. Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, uh, very calm guy, quiet strength there. I could see this in, in Wimanyama. I really can. And and I, I, all that from two games? Yeah. All that from two games, plus watching a lot of his YouTube stuff. They got 7-3. Some people were telling me that, well, what I think it was you, Carlos. It might have been somebody else. Well, poor, poor Zingas is that. I mean, that was Jim, Jeffco. And he said, poor Zingas was 7'3", too. Yeah, but poor Zingas was never this skilled. He was never this skilled at 7'3", uh, when he first came into the league. Uh, this guy carries the ball down the court with ease, can get into the lane, uh, look in the pass, not hesitant to take. He took a three. He missed it. Not hesitant to take a three, can defend the three, uh, There's not a lot he can't do, uh, to be honest with you. Yes, he's going to be – strength is going to be a thing. I saw Brandon Miller strip him the other night. I get that. They're going to get him in the weight room. Uh, you know, for those of you, Kevin Durant, when he first came in, first year out of Texas, he looked like one of those Kenyan runners. LeBron James was not a very thick player when he came in out of high school, out of Akron, Ohio. Uh, LeBron's put on a proper amount of weight. So has Kev, uh, Kevin Durant. So this stuff that he's too thin, that's overstated. I, I don't I don't think it's going to be uh, a major issue in my opinion. Nobody wants to be watching their team grow and mature. Well, that's the reality of the NBA, Carlos. That's the reality. If you, if you want that to stop then, uh, ha ha have the owners – Tell uh, tell the, uh, Adam Silver that we're no longer taking guys at 19. You got to be three years out of high school. That that's a that's a, a a players association ownership problem, and of course ownership tells the commissioner what to do. So that that's my issue. Make it three years, and you can. Uh, but that that that's that's just the reality of it. That's the nature of the beast. Okay, so I think he's going to be fine. I think I would take him. I call it Calvin saying, yeah. Would you take him over one of these dynamic guards? Probably won't win rookie of the year. Scoot Henderson from Blazers may do that. Uh, and my answer is yes. My answer is yes because uh, of Giannis and Joker. Because uh, of Tim Duncan. Big guys that are coordinated. Uh, not even Shaq, really. But these guys, you can build around them. And he's not a selfish player. He's got a lot of intent. With the tangibles are 7-3 wingspan, blah, blah, blah. The intangibles, you don't have to make an argument for that. Okay, uh, big story here. Now, Pat Fitzgerald, I want to get my opinion out because I know sometimes Keith comes in early. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald 
uh, fired from Northwestern football. Uh, really good coach here. Now, listen, this guy, the, the Northwestern football coach, kind of on a downward trajectory, hazing allegations aside, okay? Uh, last year, Northwestern 1-11. and In 21, they were 3-9. and In 20, uh, this was really impressive, though, 7-2 and for the COVID year, but they were 3-9 and the year before that. Not a winning record three out of the last four years. Kind of been uh, kind of been flat, kind of been complacent. I think uh, 17 years, the most winningest coach there in um, in in the history of, of Northwestern football. It's an academic, a lot of great broadcasters. Mike uh, Greenberg from Mike and Mike went to Northwestern. Guys like that. <coughs> So going back to these allegations, this goes back all the way to uh, this goes all the way back to last year. Okay, there was a complaint made about this uh, back in November about player hazing. Let me tell you this about hazing. Um, I think any for when you think about getting in a fraternity. Uh, football hazing used to be accepted in the NFL. I used to see something on the early years of uh, um, uh, hard knocks, the show like that. Someone has been bullied and, and learned how to step, you know, stand up for myself to bullies growing up in the inner city uh, for most of my young childhood, walking to the school in the projects from K through four, uh, living in around the inner city school, bullied a whole lot. Hazing is a form of bullying. I thought it was, it was one of those things like, I thought it was stupid then. I think it, the people that let it go on, they're weak. Uh, it's not building team chemistry. It, it's some, it, it's some uh, inferior uh, people, bullies on the team. Most people do not want to do hazing. Uh, I don't know why universities and sororities, fraternities allow it, turn a blind eye to it. It does not build camaraderie. It's a bunch of 50-cent group think nonsense. That's what hazing is, okay? Uh, from what I've read from this story, uh, it, from what I get of it, now it looks like he's going to sue. Uh, he's going to sue these guys uh, for this. But this is what I got out of the athletic. Uh, so at an independent investigation to this hazing allegation, Back in November of last year, uh, so I got this math letter. The summary said the investigation team interviewed more than 50, 50 people affiliated or formerly affiliated with the football uh, program and reviewed hundreds of thousands of emails and player survey data dating back to 2014. Current former players varied on their perspective or of the conduct. However, the investigation team determined that the complainant's claims were largely supported by evidence gathered during investigation, including separate and consistent first-person accounts. I mean, it's a lot of sexualizing stuff like that involved in this stuff. Uh, Very idiotic, if you ask me, and way over the top. Uh, They Apparently, they have their training camp at this facility away from campus here. And uh, during this two-week suspension, that all this come to, uh, to the forefront, and the president decided to go ahead and fire uh, uh, Fitzgerald. Now, I'll tell you this. What probably the situation was, he knew he just turned a blind eye. He wasn't involved in it. He wasn't, you know, from what I read in these articles, that Coach Fitzgerald wasn't um, – initiating it or saying I'm not telling you to do this to the freshman, but do it's none of that nonsense. But you know, you know, this guy's only 49. Uh he, he had been there since he was 17 years, since he's only 32 years old. And I'll tell you what about Fitz Fitzpatrick, Fitzgerald here. He would this is how how hot he was at one time. In 2018, he was a candidate for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he was also a candidate for uh, the Carolina Panthers. 
this team had beaten teams like ranked really high teams, Iowa, Wisconsin. Uh, they came within a one score about uh, 10, 12 years ago, I want to say, of beating one bad call from beating Ohio State with very, very subpar talented players. And it seems like he's kind of – I felt like that Fitzgerald should have moved on years ago from from Northwestern. Uh, I know he's from that area, North, uh, Illinois, uh, and he just went – and he just signed a 10-year deal back in 2021 to be the um, – he signed a 10-year deal back in 2021 – uh, for $57 million. It's a $57 million deal. So, but all that being said, uh, again, I think he's, he, he got way too complacent out there. And quite frankly, the, the program got stale. Uh, again, three out of the last four seasons have not even been winning seasons uh, for him. But when you get something like this, uh, Pickle says he, he it looks like he lied about it from the jump. You know, so it, it's um, – I think that's weak, man. I think hazing is such a weak thing to do. Uh, it's one of those things where I never thought like a long time ago, I'm 41, I never thought it was – It was yeah, it was, man, you've got to do this. I never thought – even when I was a kid, I thought that was stupid. You know, and it's something that, that bullies like to do. They just like to bully around up. That, that's the way I see it. And anybody that supports it's a moron. You know, I was offered to get in. I went to Austin P. I I was a little older. I was 21. Um, when I started there, I was offered to get in a couple of fraternities. They had close ties with uh, sororities. A lot of good-looking women in the sororities, you know. But I thought about that haze, and I thought, no, nah, I'm not a group thing guy, man. Never have, never will be. Don't believe in it. So, um that being said, probably the best thing to ever happen to Coach Fitzgerald. Sounds like he's gotten a little too comfortable up there. Things are going off the rails anyways. Uh, I, th- I think that there will be other offers come his way in the college, maybe the professional uh, leagues. Uh, he'll probably be off this year. And depending what happens, I'm sure he's take- he's going to sue that university like nobody's business because his lawyers already put out a statement, uh, that's where I see this thing going into. But uh, anything other than that, I don't think he's going to get his job back. I'm going to go into tomorrow. I'm going to go into a story about Bob Huggins. He's trying to get his job back. A little bit different situation there. The West Virginia basketball coach, I'll get into that tomorrow. Uh, But anyways, so I think he'll bounce back. The program needs another coach, you know. It's getting stale last three or four years anyways. Um, anyways, uh, so again, I've got Keith A. going to come in here in a few minutes, coming on the program. Going to ask him about Brian Cashman talking the last few days about uh, the Yankees general manager. They fired their – man, I bet $5 on – the Yankees to beat the Cubs on Sunday. And, of course, uh, what's his name? German? The the, the the pitcher that had the perfect game against o- uh, Oakland uh, last week or whatnot, the week before that, this was his next start. And he's up there, not pitched that many pitches. He's got a three-run lead in like the sixth or seventh inning. The Yankees blow the lead and blow the game to the Cubs. And now, uh, of course, Cashman, I was reading that Cashman uh, fired their pitching coach. Okay? And I, I, like I said, I was going to ask this. So I started looking at their their uh, pitching staff here for the Yankees. These are names that just do not jump off the page other than Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole's got... He's nine and two as a record here. Uh, German here, Jermaine or whatever the uh, the player that had the perfect game the other day. He's six. He's five and five. Uh, Cortez Cortez is five and two. 
that's the only other pitcher on their staff of five men that has a winning record. Uh, Schmidt is four and six. Uh, uh, well, no, Holmes is uh, Holmes is four and two. Uh, Bertito is four and four. This is nothing like that 2000 team pitching wise, uh, where, where you just had player after player, and even not even the starters, not even the, the starters here. Uh, guys like you don't see a guy like a like a Mike Stanton on this staff as a reliever, you don't see a guy like a um, uh, anything even close to a Mariana Rivera, a Roger Clemens, uh, uh, an older but uh, still capable Dwight Gooden. Uh, you don't see a Orlando Hernandez, El Duque, on this team. Uh, Andy Pettit. I mean, they just had a lot of really good pitchers come through that organization during that run, and it's like they uh, – it's like they simply uh, uh, he, he's lost his feel for I don't know if he's not if he's if it's something with the scouting is it something with their farm system up there um, obviously that they've got they've got the deep pockets to go after big name pitchers but you're paying guys like Donaldson a ton of money uh, I, I mentioned John Carlos Stanton making almost 30 million a year in that major contract. Him and Aaron Judge, their numbers, their size, their numbers pretty equal. I know Judge, uh, and, and I know these guys have been hurt and stuff, Judge is, but you got you still have to have emphasis on pitching, middle relief, closers, and that's something uh that's something that they're simply not doing. You know, Pickle says the Mets are selling players after tonight. Yeah. Uh, well, the Mets, I said that, you know, with, with Otani and an, an owner like Owen, Steve Cohen, why don't you try to sell Otani? Bring out the red carpet, sell, sell Otani to come to New York, uh, set up some kind of deal with him where he get the private jet to go see the family, uh, outbid everybody, uh, set the apartment up. Uh, obviously, he's going to have his interpreter, uh, get some former Yankees, uh, Hideki Matsui, somebody like that, that are, that are of course, uh, you know, uh, 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 former Japanese players that, that played for the Yankees, per se. Or for, for, for the Mets, for that, Meg. I'm sorry. I, saw, I, got, I got the two New York teams missed up. For, for the Mets here, per se. So, uh, and the Yankees may take a run at him as well, but it seems like Cashman, the 25-year general manager. Now, remember, Bill Walsh said uh, 10 years, whether you're in professional sports as a head coach or a manager or a manager, uh, people start to tune you out. He's been there 25 years. And last time they won a World Series or even been to one was 2009. I keep forgetting that Houston, I thought they went against Houston a few years ago, but Houston, that was, remember Houston's in the AL now. Uh, it just, you say, well, they're always in the playoffs and they never really miss it. Is that the bar now? Is that the bar? Is the bar lowered for the Yankees at that point now? A uh, lot more resources than 90-something percent of the teams out there. Uh, money's not an issue. Brand is not an issue. They're one of the big brands in the entire world. Uh, they're not too far away from the to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they're like what? Uh, no, they're no farther than tenth down. I want to say they're probably a top five, according to Forbes magazine, brand in the United States. Now I haven't seen nothing come up from Keith yet. Hope he's going to be able to make it. Um, he said he was, but we shall see. A Wuku Saki. If Keith doesn't come on here in the next few minutes, uh, I will get into that crazy uh, other story here that uh, that was talking about uh, Bob Huggins, uh, something about his wife sending the text message. It's a crazy story. Let's see what Pickle says. Uh, Pickle says. Uh, 
middle relief wins games. You know, when I was watching the World Series last year, uh, what was it, a four-player no-hitter against the, the Phillies in the World Series with, with, with the Houston Astros, you know, uh, that a lot of that's middle relief. And I think about those World Series St. Louis Cardinal teams, not the best, not the stream aces. They had some good ones at starting pitching, but they always had, then they're in their little run there. Great middle relief, great closers, you know? And it's shit, it, middle relief is kind of like the offensive line. You know, the closers, you got Rivera, uh, uh, save guys. You got guys like um, John Smokes, one of the only few to have 50 saves and 50 wins. You know, uh, those are the guys that you see in October. But what about the guy in the in the in at the end of the seventh, the eighth? That's the player you usually do not hear about. That's the player Mike Stanton comes to mind when I think about middle relief. Uh, it, they're not big name guys, but they get the job done. You know, uh, sometimes closers do play middle relief, but middle relief pitching it, it is really—it's always been a—it's like the off—it's like the guard in football. You know, the offensive guard, the left tackle gets a lot of it. The center gets some love. The left tackle gets the money. Then you got your right, but your your guards are the one that gets you the push in the running game. You know, uh, you want to have good guards. Of course, they're good for pass blocking too. I mean, you don't want any pressure up the middle and and, and you know do something with the quarterback's vision per se. Uh, that's why you want to have a good defensive tackle. But your guards don't quite get the love as your. It's the same thing with with, with your your middle relief don't quite get the love that the that the uh, closer gets and, and it's hard to find and it's hard to hold, you know? So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens here. Um, boy, I hope, hope Keith is all right. I hope he got my, let's see if he come up here. Uh, hey, Robert links. Take me to the show. That's over. Did I mess up the time? Well, let me make sure and send him the link again. Stand by here. Let's see. Hold on, folks. We'll put you on a small break here. And I'm going to come back and hopefully have... Um... Hello, SportsCo followers. The program has seen tremendous growth since going five days a week. I just wanted to thank everybody for your cash contributions and sharing the program uh, with friends and families. Just a reminder, if you want to contribute to the program, go to the cash app, the word, the cash sign and sports scope. There are other ways to contribute to the program listed at the bottom of the screen. If you want to advertise on the program, go to sports. That is sports with an S, another S scope, S K O P E at gmail.com, just like it's listed at the bottom of the screen. Thank you, and enjoy the program. Hello, SportsCo followers. The program has seen tremendous growth since going five days a week. I just wanted to thank everybody for your cash contributions and sharing the program uh, with friends and families. Just a reminder, if you want to contribute to the program, go to the cash app, the word, the cash sign, and sports scope. There are other ways to contribute to the program listed at the bottom of the screen. If you want to advertise on the program, go to sports, that is sports with an S, another S, scope, S-K-O-P-E, at gmail.com, just like it's listed at the bottom of the screen. Thank you, and enjoy the program. Hello, SportsCo followers. The program has seen tremendous growth since going five days a week. I just wanted to thank everybody for your cash contributions and sharing the program uh, with friends and families. Just a reminder, 
If you want to contribute to the program, go to the cash app, the word, the cash sign, and sports scope. There are other ways to contribute to the program listed at the bottom of the screen. If you want to advertise on the program, go to sports, that is sports with an S, another S, scope, S-K-O-P-E, at gmail.com, just like it's listed at the bottom of the screen. Thank you, and enjoy the program. All righty then. Well, I'm waiting for Keith to come back on. It may be something up with his um, with his internet here. Either way, we're just going to keep on keeping on. Uh, uh, like I said earlier, uh, getting a little bit more into the baseball scene. Uh, baseball's faster now. Uh, the ratings are up. I know we've got the All-Star game coming on now. Uh, the next thing is for baseball, they need to, they need to shorten the seasons, slightly short the seasons, just finished off the college game. Uh, LSU won the world series here, had, had a college player on the program. I don't know what's up with Keith. I hope that thing is working right. Let's see. Yeah, I don't know. But anyways. Man, I tell you, I hate the technology, man. Oh, there he is. Cool. Keith Angle, how you doing, man? Man, remember I go into a uh, Lincoln that got nothing but uh, the Mad New Yorker in there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you find time to come on. Uh, it's always good to have you. I was just ranting about this Yankee team. Um, you know, my thing is, Brian Cashman, they fired their pitching coach the other day. Last Friday's show, I was talking about pitty, their, coach, their middle relief and closers, not quite what it used to be. I was just naming off some players from that 2000 team, for example. Uh, Mike Stanton, Orlando Hernandez, not star guys, just middle relief guys. We all know about Rivera. It seems like he's kind of lost that edge for, for that aspect of it. You know, you got 25, 26 million in, in uh, uh, what's his name? Um, John Carlos Stanton. Yeah. And kind of Aaron Judge is the same thing. Do you think he's slipping a little bit uh, as a GM up there? I, I think he's been slipping for a while. I mean, <laughs> Since 2009, right? I, he's got, he's been at 25 years. He's got one World Series appearance. One, one. Yeah. The Royals have two and one, one. Come on. Right. Right. I mean, that's not good enough here. It's just not good enough. Might be good enough in Kansas City. That's what I was telling uh, Matt Carlos on Friday. I said, I understand it if you're if you're Atlanta or Kansas City, one of these smaller markets. That that's really even for St. Louis and their baseball town. But look at the resources you got. The Yes Network there. Uh, the pitching's just not, is. Have they lost scouts? Yeah. I just wonder what what the deal is. Just well, two things. I think there's a couple things here. <clears throat> First of all, he keeps putting together the, the same type of team every single year with gut and they have they they have tremendous regular season performances, but he doesn't have lineups that can score runs when they're not hitting home runs. They don't beat elite pitchers in the postseason. Yeah. That's been happening since 2009, basically. Right. Um, and then there's this like a lot of other teams there he's fought he specifically i think has fallen in love with the analytics and that's and that trickles down to the to the field because i think he's you know doing a lot of the lineup uh adjustments and scripting out ball games and you know that's why you see i think you know it's nice to see domingo Herman get a perfect game a couple weeks ago yeah but they just took him out premature on sunday well, a few weeks before that, he took him out in the ninth inning after throwing 88 pitches. They're up two to nothing. He and he takes him out of the game after he gives up a leadoff walk, and they lose the game three to two. So again, there's too much of this analytics nonsense and no feel for the game either yeah. from from the front office or on the field. That's part of the problem. The biggest. Yeah, problem. and you know you got to change your analytics if you can't shift anymore, and they've got this time pitching. You know. You know, Aaron, Aaron, I swear Aaron Boone is just carries Brian Cashman's water. I swear to God. <laughs> I thought it was just me. I thought it was uh, I'm not just looking at it from I'm not deep into baseball like I was 15, 20 years ago. 
Now I'm starting to get slowly back into it. I'm thinking this guy's been there. You know, Bill Walsh, the 49ers uh, head coach said, as a general manager, a head coach, nobody should stay over 10 years in pro sports. Mm -hmm. The people tune you out. The front office tunes you out. He's been there 25 years, man. 25 years in one World Series. I guarantee there's not another GM in Yankee history that's been yeah. there 25 years with one World Series and stayed there. He would not, he'd be gone 20 years ago. <laughs> what would George do, right? Well, he wouldn't he would not have been there 25 years. That's guaranteed. Do you have any uh do you have any thoughts on this Pat uh Fitzgerald? Man, boy, he was a promising coach at one time, right? Yeah. He for He's had tremendous success for, for coaching at Northwestern, right? Yeah. He's, he's been there, I think, for 16 or 17 years. He's been to seven or, eight, years, man. seven or eight bowl games. He's got a winning record, Yeah, um, close to 500 in the Big Ten. He's done a great job. He's been, uh, and you've heard his name, I'm sure, bandied about in NFL circles uh, previous years, Chicago specifically uh, a number of times. And, and it's amazing to me that, that today these things can go on and, you know, yeah. the, the coaches, you know, whether he, he, he had to have known what was going on. Right. But yeah, I mean, think about it. And again, it doesn't reach this level. I don't think, yeah. but it's the same. It's, it, it's along the lines of Joe Paterno, not knowing what was going on in his own locker room. Right. There was some right? semi-sexual. And I thought, how, I don't know about your view on Hazen. I thought it was stupid 25 years ago when I was a kid. Yeah. I think it's stupid now. I think it's a form of bullying. It what is. is it if you want to make a freshman go out and, you know, get your pizza or whatever, well, that's yeah. one thing, right? But when you get anything past that, locking, making kids drink until they, they're sick. And, or oh, that's so hospital, stupid. Yeah. You're right. That stuff is 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 borderline bullying and cr yeah. borderline criminal a lot of it. And from the sounds of what went on here, I, I, this is going to get ugly. And, and he, yeah, he. I think he's going to end up suing. Yeah. You know, he was a candidate for the Packers job in 2018. Yeah. Well, he's been up for the Packers job. I know the Bears had had been interested in him a couple of times. Yeah. And uh, and I thought I really thought at one time he'd probably be the next coach of the of the Bears. And, <laughs> Me too, actually. That ship yeah, right up there in Chicago. You know, I was looking at his record the last few years, and they have fallen. It's gotten stale. Yeah, they were one and eleven last year. I think the last decent year they had was the COVID year. Uh, they had a pretty good year that year, and it's been pretty bad since. Three and nine in twenty one, and and in two thousand nineteen they were three. So it's kind of fell off. It's like he's zoned out, like he's working on something else, you know? Yeah, I mean, like I said, in twenty twenty they were uh, six and one. They were they had a shot at the at the uh, Big Ten title. Uh, yeah. in twenty twenty, but that was a weird year anyway, right? So. Um, but again, this is a guy who he's probably, he's gotta be, I would say he's the most successful coach in, uh, in Northwestern history. Uh, yeah. Gary, Gary Barnett had a nice run and actually went to a Rose bowl, which is, you know, unheard of, uh, yeah. but I think for longevity and overall, I think Pat Fitzgerald probably, uh, ekes out Gary uh, Barnett. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to see. I think you'll bounce back. It's I think you'll bounce. Way. It's a sad way to go out. You know, you've had it is very Urban Meyerish, if you ask me. Urban Meyer. I mean, you got the way Bob Huggins just went out at uh, West Virginia. Yeah. Who says? Who now says? I know we're not on college basketball, but now he says I never resigned. You know, I, I was going to go into that one on my show in depth tomorrow, but I'll say yeah. this: with about Bob Huggins, um, I had a theory about Bob Huggins. When he said those gay slurs or whatever yeah. on that show, and they were asking about the transfer portal yeah, and sarcasm, like, you're really good at this. I think he wanted them to fire him and just get the money. Look at all these coaches that quit. Yeah. Jay Wright still had plenty of years left. Roy Williams, Mike Krzyzewski. I think he just wants to get paid. Now he's like, wait, well, my wife did that. Now he's had two DUIs in the last 18 years. Don't get me wrong, 19 years. There might be a problem there, but I think he just wants them to pay him and he wants to go away. <laughs> I, I, was, I, must, I thought I for sure I read that article wrong yesterday when I read it. I'm like, he says he never resigned. I know I read it Sunday like two or three times too, and I'm like, what? Your wife did what? Did it take you that long to sober up? <laughs> 
He started thinking about all the money he was going to lose, right? Yeah, his wife said, uh, you know, maybe maybe she didn't know what he was making. I don't know. I can't. My wife wouldn't send in a resignation <laughs> for me. You know what's really funny? I don't know if you ever heard this story about um, oh Larry David, the yeah. creator, South Cole creator, Southfield. Yeah, he says he he was a writer at Saturday Night Live, and he had it with with the with his bosses and everybody. Lauren Michaels, he goes off and just says, I'm quitting this job. I hate this job. Bleep you people. And then he walks off and he starts thinking about all, He says, I start thinking about all the money I'm going to lose. <laughs> then his neighbor's like, why don't you just go in Monday and act like nothing happened, like you've blown off steam. And so he just goes back in the next day. They, they actually made an episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> George George did the same thing, I think, with the Yankees. In the episode, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was he was working in real estate and the guy's like, yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing here? They're looking at George like, what are you doing here? You know? So I think that was with Bob Huggins. He, like he wanted to get fired. And there was another episode of Seinfeld when he was working with the Yankees and he's trying to get George Steinbrenner to fire him. He's taking the World Series trophy around the parking lot <laughs> and getting that. it all skid up. That was a great show. I loved Seinfeld. <laughs> I didn't realize, you know, till long after it was over, I think that, you know, I knew George was based on Larry David. Yeah. But I didn't realize he was that close to being what how Larry David is. So, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Stuff. But I think that I think that has something to do with the Bob. What, what's I your think, thoughts on Huggins? I, you know, that's a good theory. I mean, look at—he's not a stupid guy, right? And you know, he's, he do—he's come to the end anyway. He was, you know, he's probably like, I want the last of my money. And yeah. You know what? What'll happen here? They'll probably settle for some of the money and tell him to go away. Yeah, so, oh, seventy wait. years old. He'll go away. Maybe clean up. Whatever. I didn't realize how old he was. He's been around a long, long time. I mean, he had Cincinnati in the Final Four, like in the, I think I want to say the early nineties, mid nineties. Yeah. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. I, he always had him in the tournament, man. He had Cincinnati in uh, the Final Four and West Virginia in Final Four. Uh, I don't know, maybe West Virginia was maybe seven or eight years ago. Uh, but yeah, he always turned out really good teams. Um, but he always get over the hump though. He had a, you know, issue with anger and obviously a little issue maybe with alcohol and yeah. And, uh, he, he's had his share of, uh, you know, issues that he's been involved in. Yeah. And uh, that's probably why he ain't got over the hump. Um, it's kind of Carlos about this man a few weeks ago, this new schedule for the sec came out and what's your thoughts about, one year from now, Keith, we're going to be talking about who can make the 12 team. Did you think 20, 25, 30 years ago that we would have a 12 team playoff in 2024 and Texas and Oklahoma with Texas A&M will be playing in the SEC? You know, I, look at the playoff. I'm, I'm actually <clears throat> happy with, because again, I think they needed to expand this and yeah, it's not the way I would have done it. And I'm going to get myself sued because I had a guy threatened to sue me. Carlos calls him Basement Bob. The guy went after me. Uh, in sue email. you for what? Well, because I, I on a, in a vlog, I talked about how I thought maybe a 16-team uh, tournament would work, where you take okay. all the 10, all the tw- I think there's 10, uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's 10 leagues okay. in, in FBS 1, and you take all those winners, every one of them, then you got six at-larges. Pretty simple. I'm guarantee yeah. I'm not the first guy ever came up with this get this idea. Guys right. messaging me on YouTube and sending me emails that he wrote a book about this. And I'm <laughs> he's taking me to court, suing me. And I'm like, dude, relax. I guarantee you this has been spouted a thousand times. I'm not that smart. Yeah, that, well, it sounds like common sense. Yeah. But that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see a real tournament where all the conference champions get in. Yeah. And you got six at-larges. And I had, a, yeah. I had a couple of my followers uh, who are big SEC guys say, well, that's, you know, just part of the participation trophy uh, syndrome here. And listen, <laughs> there's nobody who hates the participation trophy uh, syndrome in this country more than me. Not when you're yeah. rewarding tw- 10 league winners, right, yeah. and the six other best teams and give them a chance to play for the championship. This isn't, you know, letting everybody uh, – uh, giving everybody a trophy just for showing yeah. up. Right, it's not sixty. It will take a little bit away. 
from the regular season, but the SEC is so freaking competitive, man. Now I the mean, problem, Alabama would have been a good team in the playoff last year. The problem with the, the SEC now and all these super, you know, we're going to, the Big Ten's going to get there as well. 16 yeah. teams, too many. You can't play everybody every year, and I don't like that anyway. They didn't do it before even. I like, and realignment started all this. I like the playoff. I don't like all this realignment. It's, college yeah. football, you know, is a lot about traditions. And I say this a lot. I call it a, uh, I probably didn't, I probably stole this from somebody too. That <laughs> a, college football is a regional sport with national appeal. Yes. Want to see Oklahoma, Nebraska. We don't get that anymore. They wanted Texas, Texas A&M. Well, we'll get that again. Um, I can't wait for that one. It'll be fun, but, you know, the more you get these big conferences, you're not even at some point. I mean, what what are they going to do? You can have three. I think you can have three uh, consistent rivalries that you'll have year after year. Yeah. But you're going to go three, four years with some teams not playing other teams. Yeah. You know, That's and unfortunate. It's hard. And guess what? You know what? It might help the Vanderbilts of the world actually win some games because <laughs> – Alabama's never going to get them. They're going to get them once every four years or I'm whatever. I'm out of Nashville. We can trade Vanderbilt for Clemson any day. Or Miami, <laughs> Ohio State. I'll take either one. Here, listen to this. I sent you this screenshot, man. Yeah. This could – you've watched college football how long? 45 years? Um, More, but yes. 50, 50, uh, like <laughs> Billy Sims and all that? Years, probably 55 if I – I'll be all right. It's okay, man. 50 plus. Let's say that the floor, this, where would you put this schedule? I think this Florida schedule next year is the hardest schedule probably in the history of college football. I think it's pretty close. And I think (laughs) think Billy Napier, Billy Napier better have a good year this year because when he gets the next year, it's going to be, I mean, he's got one cupcake, right? I think Sanford maybe is on his, his schedule Stanford and maybe Mississippi State. That's only because their coach died. Yeah, uh, but that's a league game. That's not going to be a pushover. Mike either. Leach died last year. That would have been a hard game. Yeah, it's UCF so is in there. But that's so not a given. I mean, who's there? Who's there out of conference? They got the Mer- Miami Hurricanes, right? And who else? Uh, yeah, I got Miami. Um, UCF, that's a good yeah, school. Yeah, UCF, Miami, and Sanford, but everybody else. I mean, you're talking Georgia at Texas, who's got top-ranked classes here. Uh, I mentioned at Florida State, they're going to be ranked. LSU, who's going to – coach has played in the national championship. Georgia's won two national championships. Uh, yeah. Jimbo Fisher won a national championship with – they got to play at Texas A&M. Yeah, nobody's, uh, nobody's going to say they played cupcakes, that's for sure. You know what's going to happen? Kiffin at Ole Miss, they got to play Lane. I mean, that's just great coach after great coach, man. You know, I've never the, seen a schedule like this. Tennessee's the, back on top. I mean, they're playing much better, you know? I personally think it, at some point this will also hurt college football, though, because you're going to have such a gauntlet to get through. They already had a gauntlet, you know, to yeah. get through in the SEC. But now with Oklahoma and Texas coming in, it's going to get that much tougher. And you're going to play such a hard schedule in your conference that you're not going to want to schedule anybody good outside your conference. No. It, and that's going to hurt college football because you're not going to get some of these great intra intra conference rivalries that we've had through the years. I got mad with realignment about the in conference rivalries we lost, but there's yeah. a lot of good um, intra conference rivalries. Is USC going to keep uh, scheduling Notre Dame when they're playing a, 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 right. a schedule in the Big Ten? Do you think year? Notre Dame will join a conference in the next two years? I think they're going to have to because I think they're going to have trouble scheduling. I really do. I I don't know how they're going to have a a competitive enough schedule. And people already complain, you know, about what their schedule is, uh, depending on the year. Um, But I think they're going to have no choice. And the Big Ten's the Big Ten is the perfect fit for Notre Dame. And I'm shocked that it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Uh, The the ACC kind of lost their chance, I think, to get Notre Dame, lock them up full time when – Notre Dame came hat in hand in 2020, saying we need right. We need to be the a USC. When does USC come into the to the Big Ten next year? 2020. Oh, oh no, no. next year is going to be the grand year in college but football. I think it's 2025, actually. Oh, 25. Okay, yeah. But you got the playoff next year. Arch Manning is going to. 
he could potentially be starting for Texas next year. If he could, I mean, he, you might look at he, they got two great, really well, good yours. Yeah, Quinn, yours may be, uh, he may be a Heisman guy this year, you know. He, he might be, and Manning might be, he, and one or both of them could transfer out of there because there'll be somebody else coming in. If Steve Scarcesian doesn't win now, yeah, it's he's he's in trouble. I'm reading good things about them, they'll, they'll pick to win the big that conference and i like uh, texas or oklahoma to win on their way out of that conference i just okay. it just feels like that's what's going to happen you think I, that I, coach I, for oklahoma is going to rebound he better because i think the, the string is very short that team is too that they got too much talent for that team to finish be six and seven last year yeah i mean you can make all the excuses you want lincoln riley took the quarterback this and that but it's oklahoma there was a lot of talent left behind man and it's a better than six and seven team, and he he's so get, intense. He, he he. I know they re, they recruited really well this yeah. past year. Yeah, and uh, Florida's got a good class coming in next year. I'm not sure if either coach will survive. Well, that's the thing. You know, recruiting's great, but you got to get those kids to win games. Ask Jimbo yeah. Fisher about that. He wins. You know, he's in the top four every year in recruiting. Did you see that offensive coordinator he brought in there? Yep. Um, God, I can't remember his name now. I remember uh, too. Uh, the Louisville head, former Louisville head coach. Oh, Bobby uh, Petrino. Bobby uh, Petrino. Petrino. Yeah, yeah. Remember he coached the with the accident, issues, by the way. Louisville. Speaking of guys with issues, <laughs> man, he's a good coach, though. He is a good coach, good offensive coach, and I think you know the premise of I think Jimbo. T- getting rid of the play calling duties was smart. Yeah. You know, that's, it's too hard for coaches today to be, you gotta be a CEO really. And you gotta be running the whole show and you can't be just locked into one side of the football. Um, and I think Jimbo made a smart move. Uh, he's now he's got a fall guy too, for the offense, but. Pickle says the SEC NASCAR 25 years ago, maybe NASCAR was good 25 years ago. They had Dale Earnhardt. I'll take it. I don't know. <laughs> they also said Pringle's accident waiting to happen. Well, a lot of people were against uh, Nick Saban hiring Lane Kiffin. My thing is, Jimbo Fisher's a pretty secure guy. He's got a national championship. And who who else is better available to work with quarterbacks than Bobby Petrino? Yeah, you you know? know? Yeah, I mean, I'll look, I'll give the guy a pass. And Pickles might be making a little play on words here because he had the, uh, if you remember, he had the motorcycle accident with the, <laughs> with the uh, yeah, Arkansas. trainer on the back of his bike. So he showed up to the press conference in the collar and his face all smashed up. And that's when he was at Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. And people say it was a motorcycle wreck or did she attack him with the helmet? There's okay. a lot of theories on that. You know, if he keeps his nose clean, he's a good he's a good addition to this Texas A and M team. They, they listen, the pressure's on. He's got to perform, Jimbo. Yeah. And it, and they, the, here's another problem with college football: they lock up these guys like Jimbo, ten yeah. years, seventy five million dollars. Yeah, he's, yeah, he did have a huge contract, didn't he? Mel Tucker. They can't afford to buy these guys out when they when they when they're terrible. Who's who's going to pay somebody seventy five million dollars to go away? That, that old money is what I hear. Well, they had the largest endowment. A couple of years ago, Forbes said yeah. they had them in Texas were really close as the top of endowments in, in college football. Yeah, I, I can I can see where that would be true. You know, and neither one of them has done, done a lot of winning on the field uh, the last 20 years either. I I still can't believe A&M lost to TCU at home like that. Or not A&M, Texas last year. At home, they had complete control, and it's like yours, like the, the it was too big for him or something. I know he cut his mullet off. He's supposed to have it a really good camp, though. Quinn yours, Quinn yours, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that guy's got a huge nil deal. He supposedly outplayed Arch Manning by not just a little bit. And uh, that, yeah, that's what I, I'm. I can't wait to see um, what's going to happen there. But my theory is, I think Florida with this crazy schedule we're talking about. I think there's a good possibility that they fire Napier, and maybe, maybe they go after Deion Sanders, who I think is going to be one and done there. Yeah, I was surprised Deion took the job in Colorado at all. At all, and yeah. if anybody thinks he's there for the long haul, 
it, it's a matter of Florida, Florida State. Yeah. Somebody open it up in Florida, and he's going to be back there. Uh, yeah, you know, no, I thought he, I, I think, I think he really believed that uh, Norvell was going to get fired at Florida State. Yeah, like, and they kind of rebounded. Yeah, he had a decent year last year, and they get they're loaded this year too. So I don't think he's going to that job's going to open up anytime soon. So Napier's probably got this year. <laughs> yeah. Because come 2024, when he gets that gauntlet of his gauntlet, head, uh, yeah, that's murder's like, row, man. That's murder's row. I, I just think that that it's that's very difficult. Do you have a team in mind? Who do you think is going to win the net? If you had to pick one team today, I know we still got training camp for college too. Yeah, it's. I got to tell you, it's hard for me to. I, I'm going to give you an outsider, but it's hard for me to go against Georgia. Georgia is Alabama now. Alabama, wow. Alabama's for three not, years in a row. They got a lot of talent left. This team's really good still. We said I yeah. said the same scene last year. I thought they'd take a step back. They were as good or better last year than they were the year before. That is true. But I'll give you I don't sleep on Florida State. Okay. Don't, don't sleep on Florida State. I mean, it's not a huge, a huge upset. I mean, they I think they're in the top ten in the in the preseason polls, which don't mean a lot, but don't sleep on Florida State. I like them uh, a lot. Do they have a quarterback that they that they got a lot of confidence in? Uh, the quarterback is going to be the the uh, is going to be the rub. If they get good quarterback play, they will be very yeah. good. And, That's my problem with Alabama. I don't know who they're who's going to be their starter. I don't think it's yeah. going to be that Milton kid. I don't either. I think it's a little soon for uh, a little high for Alabama even to be at two. I think they're at two only because they're Alabama. Yeah. Well, you their know, recruiting classes are so good every year, man. Yeah. It, it's funny. It's all about quarterback play now. We talk about Alabama being down, right? They lose two games last year. For <laughs> I know. What Tennessee by field And other ones off a two-point conversion. Yeah. Right. You know, some people are picking LSU. I mean, this year I feel like it's wide open, man. LSU. And Georgia's got the worst, the easiest schedule. God, it, it should be against the law for them to have to play that schedule. That's why they should play a Florida schedule. <laughs> yeah, they're not, they're not going to get tested until you know late, late. Probably the yeah. probably the uh, SEC championship game. Yeah, first get tested. And that's why I kind of I kind of like them three peat. Listen, you don't see teams three peat for sure. You don't even see teams repeat. When's the last time you've seen a college team three peat? Three peat. Uh, well, USC I think would have seventies. I think no. In uh, I think when uh, Pete Carroll was there, but I think they lost. Um, I think they lost a national championship game. Oh, okay. Texas, I think would, that would have been a three-peat, I believe. Oh, with two thousand five, yeah. Vince Young, game of his life. Yeah, and now of course I think one of those was vacated. Uh, one of those. National- <laughs> oh, it's right with the Reggie Bush thing. Right, but I I can't remember the last time somebody did. Let me uh, let's check that out. Last. Uh, I'm thinking Oklahoma in the 70s, but uh, who knows? I don't think it's been there. And I've been watching. It's the answer of that question is way back. Minnesota, 34, 35, and 36. That God, no Alabama team, no Bear Bryant team. Nope. Nope. That tells back. you I don't think I don't think it's going to be joy. But they don't play nobody. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll see. History's against them, but yeah. They'll, to me, they'll be the favorite. The little from the outside, I'll take Florida State. Yeah, I like my. my if I had to go out on a limb, I'd say Texas. But I know they're 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 going to let me down. They let me down every year. Yeah, you know that's. I'm not a big Steve Scorsese fan. I'll tell you, he's just you know he's had good talent and not. It's like he's feeling the pressure. He's got enough talent to win. Yeah, had enough talent to win, and he's really not made use of it at all. I don't think. No, no. Well, hey, man, I uh, hope ever, hope y'all have a good time. You said your brother's going to be in from Utah. My brother's in town, yeah. He's lived out. He's lived in California and Utah for the last 20, geez, maybe 30 years now. But uh, he's been in Utah for like 12. They come around. He retired a couple of years ago. Um, and they're traveling around the country right now. And they're uh, – Winnebago. Well, yeah, whatever it is. It's not a Winnebago. But. <laughs> <laughs> it's that type of vehicle. So he's going to be at my dad's, who's who's still with us, and uh, so they're only going to be there one day. I think. I think they got there today. 
Y'all ain't gonna see a Yankee game or Red Sox game? No, I'm because I'm working, but I'm gonna bug out in the afternoon. We're gonna go up and have a little pick cookout at my dad, and my stepmom's, and oh man, so we'll have a little- nice up there this time of year, isn't it? It's hot, I can tell you, but uh, wow. we, we've been hot and rainy. It hasn't been that all, you know, when it's nice here in upstate New York, you, there's no better place to be. I hear it probably, I would imagine, you know. But it's only about 10 times a year. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You know what? I can't wait to bring you on the closer we get to college because you seem like one of my best college guests, man. You really know the college game. Well, I got to start getting into it, too, because I'm going to start my college football uh, huddle show back up uh, probably a week from uh, probably next probably next week. We'll start. You got your Phil Steele magazine, Keith. You, yeah. <laughs> Phil, uh, what, did, what was that? I got here's here's mine from last year. Street and Smith. I still do Street and Smith. <laughs> I think it's a Phil Steele. This might nah, this might be my um, that may be my pro one. I don't know what I did with my Phil Steele. It's around here somewhere. I've got about two or three of them. They're real thick. They're like a Bible, man. No, I know. I know. A lot of information, though. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait. Can't. I love betting college games. I have more luck with the college than I do the pros. Me too. Me you too. Know? I have good Saturdays, and I give it all back on Sunday. You know, I get overconfident on Sunday, man. <laughs> so, you know well, something? I may have you back on. Maybe the Patriots will sign – uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I hope so. He's got, you know, I think, I don't know what, I think he's hoping another team who's going to pay him because nobody's, he, he wants, you know, 12, yeah. 13, 14 million at least, and or up or up to what Beckham got. He's not going to give up Beckham got. You think he's trying to skip training camp? I, I, I think he thinks there's going to be a mystery team come in with the money. That's what I think. Okay. And he's, I don't, I think it's the Titans or the yeah. Patriots. And, uh, if, if it's a Titans, I don't want him if if he's going to skip training camp, just to skip training. I hate it when players no, do that. No, I want him in camp. That's for sure. I mean, you got to get your timing down, man. Wherever he goes, he's got to learn the offense and he's got to get it, uh, as you said, timing down with a quarterback. So, yeah. Yeah. I hope yeah. he don't think he's too good for I, I don't like that. That that annoys me. I, th- I think Clowney did that one year. And well, of course, he went know, no good. Carlos says training camp doesn't matter even a whip, you know, so don't, you know. <laughs> Mr. Contrarian. <laughs> and then he tells me how bad the games are in the first month of the season. Well, no, we can't. There's no more two days. Because you can't do anything in camp. You can't hit. You can only wear pads two days a week. It's terrible for the offensive line. Oh, it's terrible, yeah. man. All right, Keith. Hey, have a good night, man. Have, have, a, have a good time. I will, and I'll be on anytime you want, and when because I'll be starting my show up here pretty soon, so I'll certainly be on. Yeah, hit me up if you want to. I, I yeah. definitely uh, we'll love get college football. Yeah, we'll get you on. We'll do some uh, chit chat on uh, Wednesdays before you do the show. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Keith. All right, Robert. Have a good All night. Right, guys. Yep. All right, everybody. Uh, I will be back on tomorrow, same time, same place. I have Jeremy. Uh, what's his name? Let me make sure. Jeremy Bellrich on. Uh, hey, we're going to talk about the Detroit Lions. I'm going to ask him some questions about the Lions, this Jameis Williams suspension. Uh, their former first round pick, going to he got suspended for gambling on at one of the facilities, one of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Fareed Pruitt or whatever his name is, the right tackle, also suspended for gambling on campus, non-football. Going to get his thoughts on that. Going to get his thoughts on the lines. Went on his show a few uh, weeks back. And uh, really good guy. Don't miss it. He'll be on around 30 minutes past the hour tomorrow as well. God, keeps great, isn't he? Thanks, everybody.